The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back this Saturday night and MyBookie has a $49 risk-free bet. And if you use the promo code SGP, you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Madden Mayhem, our Madden simulation tournament where we're giving away 10 thousand dollars in my bookie credits to the winners with the best brackets plus you can bet on all the games including live in-game wagering get all of the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash madden that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash madden Finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Listening to the fight show. Yes, the fight show is back here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at Lock Betting and 
come back to my website, lockbetting.com. Fully understand some of you have jumped off the ship because there wasn't a lot to bet on, and I wasn't going to be the type of person that bet on things like Madden and esports, although we have remained profitable on the WWE. We have remained profitable in Belarusian football. Not something I knew too much about before, but we have turned out a 16-4 and record. But for those of you that didn't want to bet on the WWE and didn't have an interest in delving into Belarusian football, I fully understand why you left the website. And now is the time to come back because the UFC is here this weekend. UFC 249, money in the bank from the WWE this weekend. Belarusian football is still here. And next weekend, we have the return of the Bundesliga. I couldn't be happier. And it all starts with UFC 249 on Saturday. Let's take a second to thank Dana White. This man tried to get this thing going through this entire period. He was trying to run an event back in April. He didn't give a shit about this virus. All this guy wanted to do was put on fights and give you people something to gamble on. And he was even willing to buy himself a fucking island to do it. He faced heavy, heavy criticism and at times nearly fell out with his own partners and sponsors when ESPN forced him to pull the plug on the last show. And we have now got to this point where Florida, also a wonderfully irresponsible state that have allowed this to happen. So thank you, Florida. And thank you, Dana White. But let's look at the battle of the spring, which was Dana White versus COVID-19 before we move on with the show. Let's take a listen to this. Hey everyone, UFC President Dana White here. We've been closely monitoring the situation with the coronavirus. We're moving forward with all our UFC live events. We, we have no choice now but to postpone these fights. So we're postponing the next three events. Um, but Tony Ferguson versus Habib... April 18th is still on, and that will still happen. Obviously, everybody knows that the Habib fight fell out. He got caught up in Russia. You know, if you look at uh, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, ridiculous fight and a fight that absolutely makes sense. The card is sick, and we're going we're gonna to get it done. April 18th, live on ESPN. So I locked this venue up for two months. I had this venue for two months. I'm setting up shop here. We're going to be pumping out fights every week. Wow. I am also um, a day or two away from securing a private island. I have a private island that I've secured. We're getting the infrastructure put in now. So I'm going to start doing the international fights too. Today we got a call from the highest level you can go at Disney and the highest level uh, of ESPN. And the powers that be there asked me to stand down and not do this event next Saturday. Causing White to suffer a rage-induced stroke. Whether you're a coronavirus expert or not, it's like hiding from cancer. You can't hide from this thing. You can't hide. So listen, Kevin, I've had a great run, right? If the coronavirus is what's going to get me, let's do it. Bring it. I'm ready, corona. Come, come get me. Wow, this guy brings new meaning to the term zero fucks given. He just wanted to get these fights on. And in fact, I stand corrected. Not only was he trying to run the card in April, the one that was pulled by Disney and ESPN, but he was trying to keep the cards going that were happening in March. He was forced to cancel those and forced to cancel the April card at the last minute, which was supposed to be Khabib versus Ferguson, the fight that never, ever seems to happen. We don't get it again this weekend, but we have an amazingly stacked card. But Dana White fought and 
and fought for this. He even mentioned the island on that clip. But would you expect anything less from Dana White? This has been completely consistent with the way that he is. The guy says what he thinks. He doesn't give a fuck. He has absolutely no filter. And I've actually pulled up some amazing clips here that I want to play for you guys before we move on to UFC. UFC 249. This stuff is gold. The best of Dana White unfiltered here on the fight show. Pissed off you've ever been. God, that's that's a tough one. Lene, how long have you been with the company now? Six years. Six years? I mean, you've never seen me crazy pissed no. off. Everybody thinks that uh, at work I'm some fucking lunatic. First of all, whoever gave you that quote is a pussy and a fucking faggot and a fucking liar and everything else, whoever gave you that quote. Everything that comes out of your mouth is fucking stupid. He said that he was allowing Priscilla to be a warrior. What do you think about that? I think it's disgusting. I think he's disgusting. And I never want to see him reffing ever again. For that idiot to say that he gave her the opportunity to be a warrior, no, no, you moron. You're in there to protect her from herself. He, he makes me sick. It drives me crazy when I see these guys uh, write stories about the business. You know what you know about the business? What I tell you. I saw a cowherd comes out today and says, I'm burnt out and I want to be on a sailboat with the Fertitas and all this you Colin Cowherd you know nothing about me or this business so keep your yap shut or said that you brought him back into the cage what'd you say to him is this live yeah okay I said are you out of mind give me a scenario of of why Tony Ferguson doesn't get the next title shot why Tony Ferguson you could always do Jones versus Carmier talk about this you guys love to talk about this dumb shit you can't talk about something until it's here what if this guy does this and what if this guy who gives a shit fucking trip over the fucking wire over there that would never happen ever you know what I mean I don't know to talk about this type of shit over and over and over again drives me fucking bananas I want to see combat sports do better. I want to see boxing pull bigger numbers. I'm not Bob Arum, that crusty dick. I'm not going to play Bob Arum's little pussy game. Fuck him. Who the fuck does Ariel Hawani talk to at the UFC? Nobody here is talking to him. Nobody's here telling Ariel Hawani jack shit. You think we're calling Ariel going, we're getting frustrated with fucking... None of us are talking to fucking Ariel Hawani. Guy cried on TV for Christ's sakes. Fucking unbelievable. His kids are gonna fucking see that someday. His name is Matt Riddle. What are your thoughts on this gentleman? The reason he's not in the UFC anymore is because he could not pass a drug test. The guy couldn't pass a drug test. You're so weak minded and so addicted to marijuana that you couldn't stay off it enough to pass a drug test three times a year. Well, guess what, dummy? They drug test in the real world too. And also, this is the guy who did an interview and said, I smoke marijuana. So I don't beat my wife and children. Oh, my. Oh, my. Michael Jackson, I'm not happy with. This guy was acting like a goofball tonight. I don't know what that guy did for a living before we gave him the shot, but whatever it was, he needs to go back and do that again. Gary, you idiot. You're so dumb, I don't. I can't even believe that I'm answering your question. You've made comments yourself before that Tyron isn't necessarily received in the way he maybe should do it. Every time Tyron Woodley opens his mouth, he shoots himself in the foot. He's just, he's just a, he's a very unlikable guy. When you're from England and you're in the United States and in Texas, okay, and they're booing the American guy, and cheering the English guy, I think that sums it up and says it all. 
Why go at Helwani, who brought up the idea of tone deafness? In other well, words, I, I didn't go at him. I just said his opinion doesn't matter. I don't get. I don't care what he thinks. His opinion means nothing to me. And this is what I'm going to do. Whether he like, what, what do I care whether he likes it? But as the guy's tearing it up and is breaking records, you knucklehead. The other thing you said, you said Manny Pacquiao should go make some sushi somewhere. Sushi's from Japan. He's from the Philippines, dummy. <laughs> Some solid gold stuff there, as promised from Dana White. He doesn't give a shit. And once again, God bless Dana for getting this event on for us this weekend. But let's move on to that event. UFC 249 takes place this weekend on pay-per-view from Jacksonville, Florida. And let's start off with the main event of the show. Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gage for the interim lightweight championship of the world. This fight is going to be insane. This could go down as one of the best lightweight fights in UFC history. Dead Big uppercut again, and it's Gagey's moment. Justin Gagey is a monster. He's a monster. He's a terrifying individual. Justin Gagey is as vicious as anybody we have in the UFC. He's on a three-fight win streak, three vicious first-round knockouts. That's violent. He stands out as the most violent. Oh, that is it. Have you ever seen anything like Justin Gaethje? You cannot break me, I promise you. I was born and I was bred and I was raised to do this. Who is next? But he's going up against Tony Ferguson, a man that will literally take on anyone, any place, anytime. And he's on a 12-fight win streak. It doesn't matter who they put on the plate. If I'm hungry... has fought after the fight it looks like they were in a car accident they're cut they're battered they're bruised he makes guys quit oh big elbow he sliced up the left side of him as well now he's in your face from the opening belt and if you make mistakes against tony ferguson the end is nigh he's got it there's the tap tony ferguson fights can play out one way my hand raised in victory that's my belt plain and simple I'm gonna fight until I'm finished. I'm gonna fight until he's finished. But I think I possess the power to turn his lights off. Holy smoke, Justin Gaethje has the power. The fight's gonna be a finish. I'm gonna finish this dude. I'm gonna hit him with everything I got. So he's gonna get it. Same way everybody else does. Until I die. This will be a, a fight for the ages. When I go in there and that door locks, it's life or death for me. I'm gonna contract the killer out there. Ain't nobody coming to save your ass. Yep, guys, there we have it. The main event, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethy. That is going to be an explosive all-action fight and an appropriate fight to headline such a stacked card as UFC makes its comeback this Saturday. It's so stacked. In fact, the prelim card itself could be a card on itself. It could be a free TV card. Um, Pettis versus Cerrone is a very, very good free TV main event, and that's just going to be the fight that headlines the prelims. That's how stacked this is. But if we look at this fight between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethy, you'll see that Ferguson is the 8-13 to 13 best price favourite. You can get Gaethy at the best price of 6-4. to four. 
if we're looking at methods of victory in this fight, you have Tony Ferguson at 5-2 via TKO or KO. 9-4 to four to win it via submission. 11-2 to two via decision. And it's 2-1 to one for Gaethy to win it via TKO or KO. 12 to 1 via submission or 11 to 1 via decision. Now, of course, these prices vary when you look around in different places. The bet I like, though, is for Ferguson to win it in rounds 1 to 5 at even money. Gaethy to win it in rounds 1 to 5 is at a best price of 13 to 8. So that's just a shade over what you're getting on him on him to win the fight outright because they don't fancy him on points at all because he's as big as 11 to 1. For me, this fight will probably have a very definitive pattern. And what's interesting is that this fight wasn't even really supposed to happen. It's a big risk for these two guys because they did have fights on their agenda, and they would have been bigger fights for both. Gaethy was looking to go on and fight Conor McGregor, which I think would have been a very bad fight for him because of the way that he comes forward and likes to take risks. And I think Conor McGregor is just too good a striker and has too much power in that left hand and would have picked Gaethy off. And then we would have had Ferguson going up against Khabib Namegamadoff, a fight that's been cancelled five times, yet... It's still possibly going to happen at the end of the year if Ferguson comes through this one. But Khabib, for me, he is in the conversation to be the greatest of all time. And he is the number one pound-for-pound fighter at the moment. If we look at John Jones at the moment, he hasn't lost to anybody. But he is a declining fighter. He has all his problems with the law. And he's looked worse, no doubt about it in his last few fights and it can only be a matter of time I believe before John Jones is taken out by somebody and I cannot say the same thing for Khabib Namegamadoff and I would not have fancied Gaethy going up against Conor McGregor and I would not fancy Ferguson going up against Khabib Namegamadoff but this one is more of a fair fight but I still strongly lean towards Ferguson here for many factors first of all not a lot of fighters going into this card would have had a good camp because of the circumstances that we're in but that's a different case for Tony Ferguson who has all of his own facilities in his own place he trains constantly all the time if anything this guy could be guilty of overtraining he's always ready to fight he fights like an animal so he won't be that affected by this situation it gives him an advantage anyway but if we look at the way these two guys fight Obviously, this is a worthy main event. It's going to be a high-paced and bloody fight. I think the early rounds are going to be close. And we may even see Gaethy setting the pace initially and gaining an initial edge and being the one who presses forward. But I think he will need to knock out Ferguson in order to win this fight because I don't see it going five rounds at this pace. I don't see many fights going five rounds because of the circumstances that we're in. Because as I said, training would have been difficult because of the coronavirus. I think the longer this fight goes the more it will shift into Ferguson's favor. And as I said, Gaethy could win rounds one or two, but eventually when Ferguson takes control and picks up his pace, it's going to coincide with Gaethy slowing down. I think this is where Ferguson gets the finish, possibly rounds three or four or five. So we're looking at the championship rounds even, so possibly looking at the over 2.5s here. 
for the um, for the fight distance despite the fact that these two are explosive I don't think it's going to be finished inside two um, I think Gaethy's advantages here could be the fact that he is the better wrestler but elsewhere I think Ferguson is the better grappler I think he's the better striker I think he's more dangerous on the ground I think he's has the advantage the longer the fight lasts I think everything here points to Ferguson therefore it is a good price taking him here at 8 to 13. And especially what I like is taking him inside the distance here at even money, getting that even money for him to win it at rounds one to five. Coming into this fight, we've got guys here with great records, and that's why it's a worthy main event as well, with 25 wins for Ferguson and three losses, 21 wins for Gaethy and just two losses. But I think those losses have been his own fault. They've been his own undoing. He's very much an entertainer first and is very, very gun-ho. And I don't think you want to be gun-ho against somebody like Tony Ferguson. And I think it will go to Ferguson's advantage. And as I said, if you don't like the head-to-head matchup, look at the fact that Ferguson has been ready to fight Khabib all the way back in uh, since April. And at that time, Gaethje was only coming in with a two-week cap. So obviously Ferguson had a massive advantage then. Obviously that advantage has been reduced, but as I said, I really expect Ferguson to be so, so ready for this fight. And he has all of the advantages in the fight. So therefore, as I said, you are getting value here at 8 to 13. And I especially like rounds 1 to 5 at even monies for Ferguson's to finish it inside the distance. And then, hopefully, six-time lucky, we do get a fight with Khabib and Omega Maida. Because as much as I lean towards Khabib... There's always a possibility that something can happen in the UFC. That's why we make the fights. And there's no bigger fight to make than an undefeated fighter going up against a guy with a 13-fight win streak, which is, what it, which is what it will be if Ferguson comes through this fight. So he needs to do that in order to do so. I think Gaethy, if he loses this and looks respectable, he may get the Conor fight anyway. But I think it's going to be an easy year for Conor McGregor with that victory he had over Cerrone. And Gaethy's sort of tailor-made for him as well. So I think Conor will be looking at bigger and better things in 2021 and hopefully in 2020 we do see the eventual fight made between the mega madoff and ferguson after this one at the weekend before we move on and complete the rest of the card, let me take a second here to let you know that mybookie.ag are all over this UFC card this weekend. You can bet on everything here at mybookie.ag from the over-unders to the submissions to the KOs to the decisions and every other type of bet you can possibly think of. But it doesn't just end there. If the return of good old-fashioned blood sport doesn't get your attention alone, have some fun on the house with a wager that you simply can't lose. That's right. You may have heard this on the other podcasts, but you can hear it here again. My bookie are giving you a sports bet that you simply can't lose. This Saturday, you can grab a risk-free bet up to $49 from our friends over at mybookie.ag because they don't want you to miss out on all of the action of UFC 249 and neither do we. And the other offers are still running. So stay safe and stay sane from the comfort of your own home. Sign up now. Go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP. And they'll match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. Therefore, if you put in $500 into your account, they'll spot you $250 for free. So you're basically getting free money to play with just for supporting the show. With mybookie, you bet. 
you win. And most importantly, when you win, you get paid. We are also brought to you by the SGP's very own Madden Mayhem, where we're giving away $10,000 in my bookie credits for the best brackets. You can bet on all the games, including live wagering, prop bets, futures, and much, much more available at mybookie.ag. The games are airing Thursday to Sunday night, starting 5 Pacific, 8 East. And all you have to do is go over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden for more details. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden for all the details. And finally, let me give a shout out to Ace Per Head. Ever thought about starting your own sportsbook but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with all-inclusive professional betting site with all lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 still, even during a pandemic and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers you a live betting experience and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's it. My name is Triple C, Olympic champion, flyweight champion of the world, and now bantamweight champion of the world. I have the greatest combat actor of all time. He is truly a once-in-a-lifetime type of athlete. Henry Cejudo has a set of skills that is unparalleled. And he makes it look easy. The man dethroned Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw. I'm on a legacy rampage. I'm snatching legacy now. Wow. I'm never going to doubt that kid again. He is trying to build a legacy in this division that will never be touched. And if you want to do that, you got to go through the dominator. I want somebody that I can break. Somebody brittle. about a tuna fight? Dominic Cruz, you can do me a favor and you can bend the knee to triple C2. Tune up fight? Yeah, I'm going to tune him up. You got it right. Dominic Cruz has never been a tune up fight. He's never been called a tune up fight. Dominic is just uh, in a class by himself. Henry knows I'm the guy to beat. I set the most records of anybody in this division. I was the first ever to hold the title here. I had it for the longest and everything about my style brings nothing but problems to him. He has held the belt the vast majority of his career. It's all he knows. If you're really going to have any validity in this division, you've got to beat me. With all due respect, man, he's just, he's a little brittle. I would love to beat up Dominic, but I just don't know if he'll show up. I also tell Dominic Cruz to bend the knee. He popped his damn neck out. To beat Henry Cejudo after three and a half years on the sideline, it's unimaginable. But Dominic's done this before. Yeah, how I showed up in the past gives me confidence, but really it's just my body and how I feel. Right now, I feel like money. As much as he wants to say I'm fragile in the body, my mind is as strong as they come. And as a human, he's soft. And I plan to break the human being before he gets in that fight. He's a smart aleck, and I really don't like that. And that's the reason why he's my number one pick. I want to hurt him. I know Henry wants to do it, so I'll get him a step stool, and we can make this happen. Never the old guard versus the new guard. Fans can expect fireworks. The only way you're going to shut up Dominic Cruz is by knocking him out. Never Yeah. 
Yep, it's your co-main event, Dominic Cruz versus Henry Cejudo. Cejudo is the heavy favorite going into this one, and that does make a lot of sense. And if you listen to the guys preview this on the SGP, then they were heavily leaning towards Cejudo as well. And as I said, the odds do make sense. Cejudo is the 4-9 to favorite. Dominic Cruz is available at the best price of 2-1 to to win this fight. Cejudo is 5-2 to to win this fight, TKO or, or KO. 17-2 submission and 6-4 to via decision. I think if he does win it, that's where he does win it by, what he does win it by. Dominic Cruz is at 9-1 to via the TKO KO. 14 to 1 via submission and he is 3 to 1 to win it via decision again I think that's his best chance of winning this fight I do think that this fight definitely goes over I like it to go over 4.5 rounds, which is available at 8 to 11. Or you can just take this fight to go the whole difference and get a little bit more money by taking that at 4 to 5. Um, it's even money to finish inside rounds 1 to 5. But I don't think it will. I do think it will go to distance. And I do think it's a lot closer than the odds suggest. And... What was suggested on the SGP show? I think this is a tough one to call because Cruz hasn't fought since 2016, so we don't know what to expect from him. But we did see him out last time get outclassed by Kobe Gar Cody Garbrandt, who seemed to have a great strategy to neutralize Dominic Cruz. And if you're Henry Cejudo, looking at that, you think that the blueprint is there to go out and beat Dominic Cruz. Plus, you're coming off the biggest win of your career, big upset over Mighty Mouse. So if you're looking at the last two fights that these two guys have had, looking at Cejudo off a massive upset that was in his favor and Dominic Cruz looking very, very average in his last fight. And then you look at the layoff as well and everything here seemingly points to Cejudo, but it doesn't for me because Cruz, as often says, there's no such thing as octagon rust. He doesn't believe in rust. He doesn't believe in any of that. He believes that you can come in and if you're a fighter, you're a fighter and you can still win at any given time. So therefore, that will really be tested. I mean, if that if he does pull this off, you can just write that on Dominic Cruz's grave when he dies. You can put there is no such thing as octagon rust. Um, so who has one belt in 125 and 135 and he's looking like somebody who's in his prime. But with Cruz now being 35 and coming off multiple injuries, you have to think this is going to affect him and he may have slowed down a little bit. He was... Uh, one of the best 135 pound, 135 pound fights of all time. And I still think that he will be able to take this to the distance and make this a close fight. For me, this is a dog or pass fight. I'm not going to be taking Cejudo at odds of worse than minus 200 here when Dominic Cruz is one of the greatest of all time and is capable of coming in here and developing a game plan to beat Henry Cejudo. If I was to bet on anything here, I would take this fight to go the distance at four to five because I do think that it'll end up going the distance and uh, one of these guys is going to win this one on points. So you're looking at Cejudo here around about six to four or Cruz at three to one or just taking the distance at four to five. But I don't want to touch the winner and I certainly don't want to play Cejudo. Although he has all the advantages, he's coming in off a, off a win 
in and Cruz is coming in off a loss and and Cruz has had all the layoff and the rust, but he says there's no such thing as rust, which is something he doesn't believe in. And he's proven that before because he has pulled this off before. That's why I don't want to get involved in this fight personally. It, it may seem like I'm being boring or sitting on the fence, but um, this is, this is I don't really believe in, in gambling. I always see sports betting as somewhat of a investment that's what i always preach over at lockbetting.com so it's okay to not play some of the fights there's 12 fights on this card we won't be covering the prelims here i will be giving out prelim picks over on my website lockbetting.com so there will be plenty to bet on you don't need to force a play here if um if you're not feeling it. And uh, that's how I feel about this fight. I don't have any kind of strong lean. I don't want to bet against Dominic Cruz. The next fight is also a bit of a dog or pass fight for me when you're looking at Francis Ngannou against Jarzino Rosenstruck here. And uh, obviously, everybody's expecting Ngannou just to come in and, and knock this guy out. But it only takes one shot from either of these guys to end this fight. And Garno might be the scariest man alive and has more power than Rosenstruck, but Rosenstruck is the more rounded striker and he could even get this to a decision. Everybody's expecting this knockout fight here where um, it's going to be explosive and it's going to be ended inside the first round. But Rosenstruck is capable here of fighting this fight on the outside, being the more rounded striker and grinding out a decision, or of course, just knocking out Ngano himself. I think Ngano could have to resort to looking for takedowns or a submission in this fight, even though the most likely outcome is for him to knock him out. And obviously the bookies odds do uh, symbolize that as well with Ngano being a one to three favorite. Uh, Jarzino uh, Rosenstruck being as big as five to two in this fight. The Ngano knockout is at eight to 11. The submission is 14 to one. Uh, it's four to one via decision. Um, Rosenstruck is seven to two to win his by knockout. He's 14 to one via submission and 11 to one on a decision. So big, big prices here on, on these things. And, um, Obviously, the bookies completely disagree with me. They don't think it's any kind of possibility that this could even get further than the first round. And it's actually um, uh, six to five to go over 1.5 rounds. So you would need to get halfway into round two to win that. But I actually think there's some value there because I think obviously Rosenstruck's going to be wary of what Ngano can do. We all know what the... Um, what the MO is of Angano. We all know what Angano's all about. He's a scary, scary beast. And when he hits you properly, you're dead. You stay hit. But is he a minus 300 favorite in this fight? Is he... Is it really that easy just to come in and, and parlay together Engano with Sahito and just take the money of betting against the fighter who's had a big layoff, taking the fighter who's just had the big win, taking the big scary Engano here to get himself another one-round knockout? I don't think that, that anything is as simple as that. And when, especially when you're looking at the weird circumstances going into this going into this card and, and the kind of camps that people would have had and whatnot. It's just very, very unpredictable. And I wouldn't be one of wanting to throw out any kind of favorite, favorite parlay here on Ongano and Sahito because I could definitely see an upset in one of these two fights. And I think you're better off doing a uh, a dog or pass having yourself a dog or pass situation on these two fights in particular. 
I think in the next fight, when you're looking at Calvin Qatar against Jeremy Stevens, I think Qatar is a more technical striker, and I see him using boxing and leg kicks to pick Steven apart over the course of these three rounds and eventually grinding out a decision in this one. I think this is an easier fight to call. Yeah, Stevens can knock out anybody, but Stevens is a guy who's coming to the end of his career and has lost a lot of fights. I think it's going to be knockout or bust for him. And um, I side with him not getting that knockout and eventually losing this fight via unanimous decision. If we look at the odds on this fight, you'll see that Qatar is a one to two favorite. And Stevens is available at... Um, at around about seven to four, you can get that as big as two to one. Though uh, Qatar to get a knockout here at three to one, Stevens five to one for the knockouts, eight to one submission for Qatar, eleven to one Stevens, five to four Qatar via decision, or four to one Stevens. I would lean towards Calvin Qatar winning this on a decision at five to four. I would shop around on that price to see what you can get it at, but I don't see an upset in this fight. Finally, we're going to look at the fight between. Greg Hardy, and we all know the situation with Greg Hardy versus De Castro. There's some very entertaining back and forth on the SGP show where they talk about Greg Hardy and his domestic violence situation. And um, I think he punched somebody onto a pile of guns. I think it's far better when you listen to the uh, the guys telling it, Ryan, Sean, and Rich over on the SGP show. They had a lot of fun with this, and they all went for De Castro. And I'm going to join him here, taking De Castro here as the under dog he's available at seven to four and he's a live dog here he hasn't lost the fight he's coming into this with a six and no record winning five by knockout hardy's one to two hardy's five to four to win it by knockout 20 to one submission and three to one by decision castro is two to one to win it by knockout 20 to one by submission and 17 to two via decision as I said, there's more to it here than just not liking Hardy and wanting to see him lose because of the fact that he played for the Cowboys and because of his domestic violence background, etc. We all know about that. But De Castro is a real live dog. His record tells you that either guy could win this fight with one punch. Uh, I certainly don't expect to see a decision. I think Hardy is obviously the more athletic fighter when you look at his background and he might have the edge in striking in this fight um, as if it plays out over three rounds because obviously the strategy here would be for him to keep a distance as Rich was talking about on the SGP show but um, I think the Castro would have the edge if he can get it down to the ground and I can see him even getting himself a ground and pound finish here I think the fight comes down to who lands the big punch and at these odds I would rather take the underdog as well so I agree with the guys on the SGP show here and I would take the Castro. So if we're looking at this card overall and we're looking at the main card, I like Tony Ferguson a lot. Um, I would lean towards Chihito on uh, Chihito in, in the uh, in the co-main, but um, I'm not going to bet against Dominic Cruz, so I'd rather go with the fight going the distance there. And Garno versus Rosenstruck, I think that's definitely going to be a pass for me. I don't like taking Engano there at minus 300, even to prop up parlays. I think Qatar wins against Stevens, and I think Castro is a De Castro is a good underdog here. But the lock for me is going to be the first fight the main event is going to be the lock tony ferguson to win that fight at 8 to 13 i don't see him losing this fight to justin gaithy he's been ready for it for a long time he has so many advantages in the head-to-head -head matchup that i think he wins this fight and moves on to khabib and the mega madoff
corporate headquarters becomes home to money in the bank. Battle from the ground floor to the roof. Get to the top. Grab the contract. Earn your championship opportunity. Climb the corporate ladder. WWE Money at the Bank pay-per-view. Streaming live on WWE Network. Sunday, May 10th, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Yeah, we're going to close out with some fun here. We're going to talk about the WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view that happens the night after UFC. This one's going to be crazy. I suppose you guys may be familiar with what Money in the Bank is or what WWE ladder matches are. Usually they hang up a belt at the top of the ring and guys fight for the championship belt or they fight for the Money in the Bank contract. Well, they're not just going to be doing that this year. The ring is going to be at the top of their corporate tower headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. This is a pre-take match, so the outcome has already been determined. It's going to be a cinematic match. Um, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, go onto YouTube and Google WWE Boneyard match, which is a match that The Undertaker had at WrestleMania. They're trying to find ways to be creative as they are stuck behind closed doors and nobody wants to watch loads and loads of closed behind closed doors wrestling with no crowd it is getting quite repetitive and boring even as somebody that covers wrestling for a living and has been a fan since the early 90s it is getting rather difficult to watch that's why they need to break things up so i am excited for these money in the bank ladder matches they are going to run together simultaneously so there's going to be six men and six women running around wwe headquarters using all kinds of crazy weapons going all into the crazy rooms and situations that they're going to set up there and they're even teasing that someone may fall off this building so it's well worth watching you all you have to do is sign up to wwe network and then unsubscribe after the show so you can watch this event for free pretty much without ever having to commit to the 9.99 but we're going to be doing so much wwe betting you might as well get yourself to wwe network and watch these pay-per-views especially with the lack of sport that's available at the moment AJ Styles, who just entered the Money in the Bank match this Monday after losing the Boneyard match to The Undertaker, is the even money favourite to win this match. Alistair Black is the second favourite now at 9-4. Daniel Bryan is at 4-1. Corbin is at 6-1. Otis is at 15-2. And Rey Mysterio is at 20-1. I think AJ Styles came back early for a reason because he has to be winning this match. He looks like the more most likely contender. Uh, I can't see Alistair Black holding on to a briefcase. Daniel Bryan's had it before. Uh, King Corbin has had it before. And uh, Otis and Rey Mysterio are outs and Rey Mysterio are outsiders for a reason. For me, I would stick with the favorite here, but I would have a tiny bit of money on Corbin because Corbin didn't successfully cash in his money in the bank. Uh, the company changed their mind about pushing him and decided that he would lose his money in the bank opportunity. So even though he's won this match, he wasn't able to cash in the briefcase and become the champion. What the Money in the Bank allows you to do is it allows you to have a title match anytime you want. So can you imagine that in UFC where... Uh, Conor McGregor has a fight in the octagon and climbs up a ladder and, and gets a briefcase. And then after the um, fight between uh, Ferguson 
and Gahey at the weekend. Connor comes in and fights the winner immediately after they've had a grueling three or four round fight. That's what you can do in the WWE. Obviously, it's completely different because it's all fixed and staged and it's all just entertainment, but it's still quite an interesting concept that the guy who wins this money in the bank is virtually guaranteed to be champion at some point in the year. But uh, Baron Corbin was one of these guys that failed, so he could get another run at it. He would be my second choice. I don't see anyone else winning it outside of... Um, AJ at even money and Corbin is a good shout six to one and the other match there's only one winner for me and that's the favorite Shayna Baszler she's four to six to win it Nia Jax is at four to one Lacey Evans sorry Nia Jax is at nine to four Lacey Evans at four to one 11 to two Oscar 12 to one Dana Brooke and 20 to one Carmella I think Baszler definitely wins this match for me um the price has changed on her as well, so that probably indicates that she is winning. I think it's really between these two. One of these two is going to move on to a feud with Becky Lynch. I think the SmackDown girls here are weak. I think SmackDown is definitely moving into a Bailey-Sasha Banks feud, and I don't see Evans or Brooke or Carmella having the briefcase. In fact, Carmella's already had it before. I think Oscar is done with Becky Lynch. So for me, it's really down to the top two, and I just think Shayna Baszler is a more likely money in a bank holder than Nia Jax and I think she would carry more threat from it and loot and utilize it more interestingly than Jax would and Jax and Becky Lynch already have a tailor-made feud from from the past therefore they can go straight into that after money in the bank Becky Lynch returns to the WWE on Monday Night Raw on Monday night I think during that time, uh, I just spoke briefly about Sasha and Bailey moving on to a feud and why I didn't think a SmackDown winner would come from the Money in the Bank match. Therefore, you probably have to take Bailey winning against Tamina, but she is one to four to do so. So it's probably going to be worth parlaying it together. I think with Drew McIntyre, who's available at one to five, I don't think any of those are losing their championships. The same for the New Day, but you're getting a lot more value on the New Day in their tag match where they are even money to retain their tag titles um the real value bet here for me though is for Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt it looks like Bray Wyatt is going to be doing his normal Bray Wyatt character now this is a weird thing in wrestling at the moment where guys have two different characters we saw it with Undertaker where there's like Biker Undertaker and and Deadman Undertaker and we've seen it with Finn Balor where there's a, a normal Finn Balor and he can turn into a demon as well with Will Bray Wyatt there's regular Bray Wyatt and there's the Fiend Bray Wyatt and they're much less likely to beat the Fiend but from all the graphics that we've seen on this match it's not going to be the Fiend Bray Wyatt in this match and obviously Braun Strowman is in the infancy of this title reign a reign that he wasn't even supposed to have it was supposed to be Roman Reigns in this situation the only worry that I have about about putting any big money on this is because um, Braun Strowman is really tanking as SmackDown champion in the ratings. Now, this is probably down to the fact that there's no audience and people are finding it very difficult to watch because Drew McIntyre is being booked very strongly, but that's not helping Raw either. I just think there's only so much empty arena wrestling that you can watch and these guys badly, badly need their audience back very, very soon. So that's it for this show. All my official plays can be found over at lockbetting.com, including me covering the UFC prelims, which I didn't cover here. You can also get your official Money in the Bank picks. They've actually already been done, so make sure that you check those out. We've got Belarusian football this weekend, and next weekend we've got the return of the Bundesliga as finally sports are starting to come back 
and um, you can head over to lockbetting.com now and resume and pick up where you left off if you were a member who decided to take a break. Now is the time to come back. Big weekend ahead, and I can't wait for it. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.